you know, something that's incredibly fun and easy to do is to create your own, uh, you know, basically create your own uh, buy and hold index for fun, really. Um, so, you know, we all know index funds and how they exist and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but kind of one of my theories, one of my main, one of the main things that I do constantly is um, I am always um, I'm blanking out first off. <laughs> No, one thing I do consistently is um, I make uh, indexes for myself, really, because I'm a buy and hold investor, and I make sure that anything I invest in has to be the highest quality caliber company. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be the fastest potential growing company. It just has to be a company that does have growth ability, and it's it's got to be a company that doesn't suck. Because there's a lot of trash-ass companies out there, and there's a lot of companies you just got to avoid. But there's a lot of great companies that you can add to your portfolio, just buy and hold, and just don't even think about it. I mean, you think, we want to think about the things you buy, obviously. But if you've done your research, you you can be very confident in knowing that what you've invested in is a solid investment. Um, I really do believe in the power of diversification. Um, however... I do believe that sometimes it's good to create your own index because it can help you weed out shitty, what I like to call shitty zombie companies. <clears throat> now, this is the one thing about indexes that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Index funds, I should say. While I do like the S&P 500, there are a few zombie companies in there that somehow are in there. Um, I think that they're propped up by a lot of borrowed money. Um and then there's the total stock market index. And then there's the total international. And then there's the Vanguard total. I'm not I'm not against index funds. I just want to make that very, very clear right now. I myself am not against index funds. In fact, I'm very uh I'm a very huge proponent of index funds and I like to encourage them when I can to a lot of people who are investing. Because look, if you're in if you're an investor, if you love investing, you know you know that you want to make sure that you have companies that have actual cash flow and can distribute returns to the to the shareholder. Um, I'm constantly always making sure that I'm getting paid first. Daddy wants to get paid. <laughs> no, no, the thing is, though, you should always be looking for positive net returns. Um. And you should always be focused on a buy and hold strategy. 20% of my portfolio, by the way, is not buy and hold. 20% of it is me hedging against Bitcoin at this point, um, betting against it mainly. Um, but also having Bitcoin as a form of ownership, just in case I'm wrong. I've been buying it on the dip. Guilty as charged. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the whole point is <clears throat> I buy when, when Bitcoin goes up in value, um, it kind of prevents me from losing a lot of my position uh with the with the biddy which is the um which is basically the short bitcoin uh fund essentially it's like an etf that lets you short bitcoin as leverage um yeah mainly because and the reason i do it is mainly because i don't believe in bitcoin <clears throat> i just don't believe it has any worth and i do believe that over time it's going to be worth less and less and less and less over time and even if it does go up in value i still have enough bitcoin on the side that'll raise in value with it to where it protects my bet against it. 
<clears throat> but as it's rising in value, if it does, I can buy more leverage. I could bet against it even further, which is the right thing to do because Bitcoin is imaginary and just doesn't have any real intrinsic value. Um, okay, let's go back to what we were talking about here. Creating your own index. It really is a fun thing to do, and I want to encourage it to everybody. If you create your own index, you get the ability to... <clears throat> and I'm not saying create your own index fund. Because creating an index fund would require that you're taking in other money, other people's money, and doing your own thing with it, creating your own index. I'm just saying create... I guess you could say that you're creating an index fund of one, where it's only your money. Um but yeah, pretty much the way I invest is an index investor, um, buy and hold forever. The principle to me, it really doesn't matter. As long as I know that I bought the company within a within a decent valuation, and I know that it's got future prospects, I don't care if the markets are down. That doesn't really bother me. As long as they can at least pay me some sort of dividend um, and give me give me positive returns over time. That's pretty much the goal. <clears throat> as long as they could do that, I'm pretty much a-okay. Simple as that, boys and girls. It's simple as that. I just looked behind me, though, and I realized, holy shit, my kitchen is a mess. Woof. I mean, I see it on the camera. But, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just, you know. I mean, I love creating my own buy and hold index, though. I just, I see no, I see no other way to invest except for buy and hold great companies. And, uh, I mean, look, I mean, buy and hold REITs too. REITs are fucking cool. Like I said, none of this is advice by any means, but I really do believe in the, in diversification as long as what you're diversified in is pretty decent. Cause look, even the even the best companies could fall. There's always that possibility to take in and really consider. Um, <clears throat> I just, I also, one of the reasons why I like to create my own personal index for the most part is just, I like to see, I like to actually just see the companies I invest in. I like to look at them sometimes and be like, wow, you know, I'm an owner in this company. I'm owner of Microsoft, you know, as an example. I'd be like, wow, cool. Um, I think Microsoft is actually pretty overvalued. But, <clears throat> but what I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to get at is, you know, if there's companies that are with, like I said, within reasonable valuations, banks right now, banks are at reasonable valuations. They're like eight, like I think Bank of America one time, at one point, I could have swore was at like seven times price over earnings. That is insane, by the way. That means you're basically getting a company at a very decent value, especially a big company. Um, getting Bank of America, though, at such a low value is great, at a low cost is great. Um, U.S. Bank. Uh, U.S. Bank is another one. They pay, an, uh, they pay a decent dividend. They treat their shareholders very well. But Bank of America, though, is definitely one of those that grows its dividend. It definitely um, it increases in value over time. It's just a valuable bank. Um, yeah, so just um, credit card companies, I think, are getting lower. I think Visa and MasterCard are still technically overvalued, but that they're, they're overvalued for a good reason, though. The... The markets believe in their growth, and why shouldn't they? People are going to be be needing to borrow money for a while. There's going to be a lot of people in debt for some time. It's not something I say lightly. It kind of sucks. 
But yeah, money's more expensive to borrow. People aren't borrowing as much because of it. That's a big thing. Um, <clears throat> it really does deter people in businesses from borrowing money when these um, when these when the Fed interest rates raise because it is so it's more expensive to borrow the money. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, there's less money printing going on, which is nice. But yeah, we've pretty much been printing money like crazy. Um. It's a faulty system, and it, it, it's sad. the sad part is it will eventually collapse. Um, I mean, maybe it's not sad. Maybe it's a good thing, you know, when I think about it in the long run. But it's all pretty insane, everybody. Anyway, though, I just want to thank you all for taking the time to view this. Uh, consider it, though. You know, kind of look at your portfolio, whatever brokerage you use. Uh, make sure it's a reputable brokerage, not Moo Moo or whatever. I don't think that's reputable. Um, <clears throat> and basically just kind of look at what you're doing. Look at what you're trying to buy and hold. Uh, will it pay you a dividend? Will it, will it not? Will it, does it have the cash flow? Does it have positive earnings? You know, add it to your portfolio and just call it part of your index. Um, <clears throat> basically the whole goal is just buy and hold. I mean, it's really simple. You're, you're, the whole goal is to never sell. That's why you get the. That's why you get companies that pay a dividend, so they can constantly pay you forever. That's really kind of the goal. Um, and then, and then, so that way you can work. And then eventually, I, I still think living off dividends as a potential retirement goal is not that bad. Sure, do you get taxed on dividends? Still, sure. Just don't live beyond your means. I mean, it's really easy. I just. As long as you're as long as you're willing to be responsible, you can work, you can get your money for doing nothing except for being an owner. And that's just cool. That's cool to me. Um, people don't see it that way, obviously, all the time. But, you know, <clears throat> can't please them all, man. You just can't please them all. Anyway, thank you all for your time and have an incredible rest of the day. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, later, everybody. Yoo-hoo.